Jacob, there's two things I love in this world. Good content and good clothes. And Elite Sports is helping us do both of them. Not only do they help support the podcast, but they have really cool gear for local Bobcats. They're developing these athletes' own brand. And, you know, every time you make a purchase over there, you put money right back in the student-athletes' pockets. It's a pretty sick business model. It's a great business model. NIL is really helping these athletes. You can use code SQUARE right now on Elite Sports to buy all of your favorite Texas State athlete gear and help support the podcast. Help support the podcast. Help support the Bobcats. Bobcast? Question mark? Oh. Elite Sports. Use uh, code SQUARE. Tired of winning the tailgate but losing the games? We can't help that. But we can tell you what the hell is up with each team and what's going on across sunny San Marcos. Texas State fans, get on your feet. You're listening to Squaring Around with Jacob Rodriguez and Andrew Zimmel. What's up, everybody? Welcome. Welcome to Squaring Around. I'm Jacob Rodriguez. That's Andrew Zimmel, the Texas State Sports Press. This is a show where we talk about everything Texas State on the Dave Campbell's Republic of Football Podcasting Network. How's it going, everybody? You know, Zimmel, I was thinking about this, actually. You know how they say, like, history is, like, always written by the winners? Not if you have a podcast, because Texas State really shouldn't be in this atmosphere. But we're giving them the same amount of attention other shows would. You know what's funny? No, we're giving them more attention than other shows should. Uh, it's funny that you say that, though. I never even really put that two and two together. Victory is won by, or uh, history is written by the victors. Now it's written by guys that got nothing better to do than podcasts. Exactly. Yeah. It's like bums in their basement. It's like, actually, you know what? If you go back and look at that SMU loss last year, you know, it's it's kind of like that. I like it. Uh, speaking of SMU, uh former tight end the former guy whose fab was like this is the guy who could be our guy in the nfl in like five years micah hilts just got an offer from smu the thing i'll never write about tweet about really will be commits i think because it's like who cares i don't i don't care <laughs> like i had a i had a commitment one time that was like blessed to receive blank offer from prairie view a and m it was for an rotc scholarship so kind of the same different world I was going to say it's not the same thing at all. In fact, I'd argue that it's it's a completely different world. Super lame, I, actually, in comparison. The, the commitment thing is interesting. I am of the same vein. I, I, I don't like the five-star, the four-star stuff. I care more about what you do when you're at the um, – at the campus, when you when you're on campus, when you're doing stuff, that's what really matters. But hey, NFL draft shows us that if you're a five star commit, you're probably going to go straight to the NFL. Like you're probably going to get drafted. So if Texas State ever one day does end up with a five star, the Andrew Zimmel Jr. that's going to be a incredible left tackle, uh, five star left tackle, twenty four seven Sports book it. Uh, when that happens, like yeah, we're good to go. But you know, for the most part, we're going to end up with the three star, the two star, the undrafted uh, free agents who have to work their way onto teams. Well, we'll get to that, actually, in this episode. So I want to set this up. So I think this week we we're kind of really putting a big bow on football, you know? Like, uh, I feel like we had kind of like a spring hangover episode last week on our main channel. And this week, it's really kind of the impact of the transfer portal as a whole, you know? Everybody was all fun and dandy. Hashtag take back Texas. And now it's like, hey, I might not get it playing time next year. <laughs> so we're in the portal. Uh, I think the Bobcats have lost 12 guys in the portal this year. 
which all things considered isn't terrible. You know, you we've talked about it a little bit uh, last week. We've mentioned it a couple times. There's a lot of other programs around the country that are dealing with the transfer portal in a lot of different ways, right? And uh, Steve Sarkeesian up the road, he famously said on a different podcast, he was talking about how the rule at Texas is that if you enter the transfer portal, you're not coming back. It's one of those, like, if you want to leave, you're not coming back here. You know, you don't have to don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I think that's interesting. I think Texas State only losing 12 guys to the portal thus far is not the end of the world. Uh, we went through some of the names. We'll go through some of the names. None of the guys, like, you know, good luck to your next spot. I hope you get a good education. I hope you get good playing time, make an impact at your next school. But none of these guys were going to be guys that are swinging losses and wins for the most part. You agree? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I felt the whole time is like, Oh, I'm out. You know, like all these portal drops. Uh, some of them are more sad than others, I think. You know, like it, it's it's like, ah, I wish we could have kept this guy. I wish well, I wish like, everybody could go to Texas State, to be honest. Like, that's like my dream for the entire world. Well, the thing is, too, is like, you know, we're losing guys to the portal, but at the at a very smaller rate than other schools, right? Like, and I granted you're comparing yourself to SMU, to Colorado, to Texas. Like, those schools seem to be bleeding guys, whereas Texas State, I think... For the most part, people go there and they like to stay there. So, which is good, which is really good. Um, ironically enough, you know, we're Texas State podcast. There's a, a basketball player that goes to North Dakota State, Jacob. I don't know if you know this guy's name, Grant Nelson. Uh, he was on a couple of ESPN highlight packages. People up here really love the guy. I told him he's not getting drafted at NDSU uh, for basketball. He is transferring. So, he's the best basketball player maybe ever. And he's deciding to leave uh, NDSU. So it's like Texas State doesn't have that problem. Texas State football players, for the most part, uh, like to come, enjoy the river, enjoy the community, and uh, stay there, which is good. Uh, so I guess let's start with updating our roster. Because um, if 36 signees, I think that's where we got to last time with Colton. And because they're whatever transfer portal dates, basically, uh, we have a bunch of commits basically sitting in queue. Uh, and then all the while, you know, we're recording this on Tuesday, so these numbers may change. Um, 13 guys in the portal at the moment from Texas State. So I guess 36 compared to 13, not too bad, you know. And then you're going to bring in guys 30, from the summer. 36 guys coming in versus 13 guys going out. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I feel like that's where you kind of want to be. You want to be a net positive. We're a net positive. Yeah. That'd be crazy if we lost more with a roster as big as a football roster. You know? Well, you say that, but that happens. Other places are kind of dealing with that turnover. And it's nice that for the most part, you know, Kenny is in his GJ Kenny is in his first year of Tech State, hasn't even played the game yet. Um, it's nice that in your first year you're not having a bunch of guys leave. The interesting part is next year at this time, what those numbers look like. Because if a bunch of people leave after year one, that to me is like, oh, culture building, what's the story? But hasn't played a game, new new staff, new coaching staff and everything. Like, I, I'm not buying too much into it. I'm not reading too much into it. I said we weren't going to talk about commits. We're literally talking about commits now. <laughs> so the first one I want to talk about is Davon Martin, the DB from Tyler Junior College. I don't know if he's still committed to Texas State because I think he deleted his original like Texas State picture shoot uh, post. His photo so shoot. I, <laughs> so I DM'd him because he's not a Texas State athlete. So I'm not, you know, I don't care about those rules because he doesn't apply to him yet. Um, didn't get anything back. So we'll see. But he's got a bunch of offers. I think the last one was like from UAB, from some other schools. So 
He's got some so options, I when guess. When you go through the options, where do you... And also, you, Texas State has, like, apparently nine or ten DVs now, so... Which is good. We need everybody we can get. Uh, when you go through those, as a fan, when you see, like, so-and-so offered by this, by this, by this, you rank them in your head. You go, like, okay, Texas State greater than ULM, less than Oklahoma. You know what I mean? Do you go through and go, like, oh, maybe we get this guy? Well, I guess, like, coming from me, it's, like, different as an alum, as, like, someone who loves Texas State, because I'm, like first choice what are you talking about you know and then if, if i look at the numbers uh, these guys should you know with the nil with wanting to make an impact we wanting to move on to the next level potentially you know it's like well you got to go with the best show you can so it's all about getting into the right offense and stuff you know i just started playing mlb the show and uh, madden 22 thanks to a playstation sale and it's all about fitting in the right offensive scheme man uh, well that's true you're not wrong there you're not wrong there. I do rank them in my head as well. I look at it and I go, okay, like if Texas State is with a bunch of FCS programs or like with a bunch of other, let's say, bottom tier conference USA teams, mm-hmm. I, I'll go like, okay, I think we can get this guy. But every time, once in a while, Texas State will end up on the same graphic as like U of H, Texas. And you're like, oh, I don't know how I like this. But, you know, again, year one with Kenny. Things could be different. He can make a really good sales pitch. And when that happens, I'll be there. But until then, I'm kind of like, no, I hope hope we get this guy. But I'm concerned because we might be like the third option. Well, good recruiting, I guess, can also be a curse because like, you know, DJ was OC, head coach, you know, UIW, all these other places. And he's always been known as like a very good recruiter. But because his name hasn't been in those shining lights until right now, Texas State dusting off those shining lights to shine onto him. Uh, now people are paying a lot more attention, I think, to when you State say recruits that, than they who have. Who says that he's a good recruiter? Hmm? Why, why I mean, look at what we've recruiter? gotten. We've gotten two five-star recruits, actually. But So that's what you're going off of? Yeah, just based on, like, this recruiting class is leagues ahead of anything that's been produced. You that's know? fair. I, I just was thinking overall, I'm like, does he does he fit into that, like, good recruiter, like, for the no, state I mean, of Texas, I think, like you know, like we're on the right track because we've had okay. guys uh, like um, Cedric Roberts, Taylor Starling. Those two didn't work out for us for different reasons. Taylor Starling was a South Oak Cliff commit. South Oak Cliff is literally, I think their hashtag was like the Mecca or something <laughs> this year. Like everybody was going there to go recruit. That's a really fun hashtag. But it also just shows like the dominance of like the DFW Fort Worth area of Texas high school football. Um, so, I mean, like, we're on the right trail with a lot of these guys. And then we get some surprises, like the next guy I want to talk about, Carson Kaiser, the quarterback from New Mexico State, who announced his commitment just a couple of days ago. Which we talked to the football uh, quarterbacks a couple, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we were talking about, like, the quarterback battles. This throws a, a wrench into things because mm-hmm. you know, we, we like Malik, we like CJ, we like Evans, and now it's all of a sudden, it's like, and now it's a four-quarterback race? And PJ's. PJ five, there's a five quarterback. To me, why is a quarterback from New Mexico State? Let's, let's look into this a little bit more, Jay. Why would a quarterback from New Mexico State come into a an a team that already has their number one? This is where I'm thinking to myself, maybe we're not seeing something that GJ does see. You know what I mean? Because you're not talking to a guy saying like, hey, come to my school if um if you already have your quarterback picked out. You know what I mean? Like so, adding another ingredient to this like recipe is uh, say, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about that. 
He only has 197 followers. Just followed him on the Square and Around podcast. 198, Carson, you're welcome. 190, well, I mean, Twitter followers doesn't mean anything. I think it's a good gauge of like, you know, because Malik has like 14,000, you know, it's very well known. Well, he played at uh, SEC school, Power 5 school. Played at or was on the team? He played. He got some snaps. He has he has stats. I'm sorry. That's I mean that's a fact. Uh, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. He, he had he got snaps. So I mean he played there. Um, and also their entire fan base a little bit bigger than Texas State. So that doesn't surprise me. I don't think Twitter followers is what you should go off of when it comes to like a guy's ability on the football field. He completed five for twelve passes for forty six yards and a touchdown as a redshirt freshman at at Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah. So what did I say? He played? Did he play? He did? All right. Played, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to disparage somebody who made a Power 5 SEC SEC West roster. He did take 81 snaps. So, I mean, it's more than I've ever taken, for sure. Yeah, 81 more snaps than you. Which is saying a lot because, as we know, we have official game day apparel right now. <laughs> this, is my, uh, this is my Lane Hatcher jersey. Uh, is that where you're going to incognito this week, aren't you? Are you going to rock that every single week that we do the podcast? Just pull no. the link. I have so many now, actually. I got a, a couple that I can go on rotation now. Mm, there you go. All and right. This is like not it. even my nicest jersey, just like from a quality perspective. So, concern level, adding another quarterback, is it just more the merrier for you? I mean, I'm not concerned. Good for us. <laughs> okay. All right. That's fine. I think, I, think I, I guess if you're a quarterback who wants playing time, I, this would definitely not be the school that I'm like uh, lower, like mid major in the Sun Belt. Like, mm, let's go here, you know. Like, so why do you think? Why do you think he's coming? Well, GJ said in the spring game press conference that he's always always going to bring in the best guy, regardless of depth or what they think their position is. At. Yeah, we're always looking to to upgrade the roster, and and that's one thing. You know, when they hired me, they did uh, you know a job. I got a job to do, so I got to put the best product on the field that, that I can, and. Um, you know, we got some really good players, but I'm going to continue to bring in good players. I think competition, you know, is, is the key to success. So um, I like where our guys are at, but I'm always going to try to bring in competition. What they think their position is at. So I guess just having more bodies makes sense. But also uh, for as much quarterback problems as Texas State has had, adding a little bit more insurance doesn't seem to hurt at this point, to be honest. That is true. That is true because there's a real chance here that Texas State might have three of their best quarterbacks they've had over the last 10 years. Uh, so I'll take it. I'll take it. You know what? Maybe I'm maybe I'm being a uh, nervous Nelly. Maybe I'm I'm being a worry wart here. A I don't. Wart. But here's the thing: five quarterbacks is a lot of quarterbacks to have, right? Mm-hmm. And I, that just to me makes me a little a little concerned. Yeah, no, that's fair. Because they're all like, I mean, I haven't seen anything from Carson. I just saw his tweet. Literally, just added it to this rundown. Could be some random guy for all I know. That's why I don't really report on commits because it's like anybody can make this graphic. Here you go, Texas State. Like, I don't know. I feel like if we've we've seen cases of that happen before in college football, where a guy will be like, "Well, I'm committing to the school," and all of a sudden you have like a strength and conditioning coach reaching out and being like, "Actually, I've never seen this person. I don't know who this person is." A head coach being like, "Yeah." Whatever that doesn't, we never committed to this guy. We never offered him anything. So we've seen that happen before. Uh, I do not think that that's that. That is a situation where it's happening here. It's for sure par uh, for the course. I mean, not necessarily for a Texas State thing, because who would lie about coming here? You know, um, especially given the record in the past years. Give but, a give it a couple years. Give it a couple, give years. It a couple I know years. 
Did you, you have guys? Uh, this is my question. Did you have guys in high school that were like, yeah, I'm going to go play basketball next year for insert whatever school, college of the mines, like some school it's like impossible to look up. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. If it's a directional school, that's why Texas State changed its name. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, you don't want to be a directional school. Um, I, I was going to add this. So you absolutely despise T-shirt fans. You hate fans that did not go to the school. Give it a couple of years, and you're going to have a new breed of people that you can absolutely hate, the people who claim that they're going to go to Texas State to play football. It's kind of like those that, guys that go to Blinn and then are like super A&M'd out, you know, like, but just can't make the grades. They can't actually go to A&M. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, and then they're all Aggie fans. So yeah. it like doubles, it doubles the fan base. Blinder we need to have that. Blindergarten, you're right. The next uh, player we actually talked about a little bit is the 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 defensive lineman from Duke, Christian Rory, um, and he was at Junior Day, picked up his I guess commit, or he just announced basically on Twitter that he was going to commit to Texas State uh, after the Junior Day. Um, right after the spring game, we got two, or I guess three, four. My bad. Uh, this is ever evolving list. Not of, one. Not, not two. <laughs> Not three. Well, Got you. Four. Yeah. Well, I guess you could count Carson in that like group after um, spring game. Post-spring game. Post-spring game hangover. Uh, Sean Holton, uh, wide receiver from UIW. And Bray Walker, that's the five-star I was talking about. That's another bounce back from OU. Now we have three OUs, like guys who used to be on their team. Josh Eaton. Uh, Marcus Alexander, he's another offensive lineman. Um and Chase Todd, uh, Todd, Todd Crosby, Todd Chase Todd, Chase Todd Crosby. Can't read. I love you just reading names off at me. Um, cool. Like I said, I'm I'm all for it. Uh, I liked a tweet from Ish the other day, showing basically like Texas State's offensive like scheme. It's like the Fortnite like, building. Oh, GG. Because <laughs> they have to reinvent this whole deal. Uh, as you were saying. Why? Why do you have to reinvent anything? Well, because it wasn't good before. But you brought half your roster from UIW. No, it's so only it's three like, guys, what? though. You got to have more than that in the rotation. Oh, for the offensive line? Mm-hmm. Especially I if guess. you're trying to run something super high tempo. Imagine 300 pound plus guys we're running not. all over the field. We're not running anything super high tempo. Yeah, I don't know, man. I've mm, I've bought into this before. I bought into the oh, we're gonna run an old new playbook. Mm-mm, nope, I'm I'm not buying it. I'm a doubting Thomas. Prove to me, show me that it's gonna show me that it's gonna work. Show me that you have like a high octane offense. Um, before I'm like, oh, I can't wait. Oh boy, you know what I mean? Like UIW has a great offensive, great offense. Period. Um, but like that doesn't that. I don't think that's going to work in the sum, though. I was going to say, it's going to be May. It's going to be May. But it's May already. Yeah. Uh, May, June, July, August. Four months to basically get everybody back on campus. um, You know, go through spring or fall camp, I guess, originally. And then, you know, implement the playbook. Implement this. That's why, like, we're talking about that fifth quarterback now. Like, hey, man, that's kind of a little bit of a stretch. Picking up the offense as everybody else has uh, presumably have already, you know, allegedly. I mean, 
the other thing is too is that you potentially have the you potentially have the choice now or the option to have multiple quarterbacks from multiple um backgrounds. That okay, so what did New Mexico? I don't know what New Mexico ran. I don't know what Arkansas State really you. ran. But you end up you end up with a situation where there's a bunch of different quarterbacks with a bunch of different experiences. And now it's like, hey, when we're facing Troy running a three four versus Southern Miss running a four three, okay, well this is what this quarterback can give us in this different look, and they can kind of all help each other. We saw that happen with Brady and Tyler Vitt. Uh, talking about talking about those guys, they said like, "Hey, when we're in the room together, it's like, hey, this is what I'm seeing. This is what the safety's doing. This is what this corner did. Hey, I remember playing this guy in high school. You know what I mean? So it's a it's a room full of guys that can kind of help each other out. That is to go back to the quarterback point. That is a pro to that. The offensive line, I'm not con- I'm not really all that concerned. When you say that you're building something from scratch, I understand that GJ has like a has a tough road to hoe, to be completely honest. Like, I mean, it's it's a year one. Um, I do think that the presumption that you're starting from square one, oh, my God, this is so bad. He's bringing a lot of the guys. He's bringing a lot of the coaching staff. He's not having to teach a coaching staff. This is the system. I think that it's further ahead than people are giving him credit for. I also think, you know, time, I guess kind of talking about like a multiple front issues, like if you brought just one of those things, just like consistent coaching, that would be considered a win in most cases because it's like, well, it's kind of like the system is built. You know, we prefabricated this whole thing. Then you talk about bringing his like recruits that he had kind of in queue at UIW and some of the best from UIW. That's also another success alone. That'd be great, too. You know, like compared to what Texas State had. So that's why I think it's 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 funny because I'll be talking about both sides of my mouth. I'll say like, you know, let's let's be honest here. Let's look at it. We're bringing in all of this different stuff, and at the same time, still say six and six is a success. Six and six is incredible. That that is where you know if we hit that, that's an amazing mark. Um, you know what I mean? So it's like I'm asking for a 500 season. At the same time, I'm saying if you don't have a 500 season, kind of a dis- I'm not saying disappointment, but four and eight. I mean. I think people would be really disappointed in four and eight again. Oh yeah. I would be very surprised. Uh, I I guess I wouldn't be surprised. I've seen it happen, you know, <laughs> but yeah, but you'd be disappointed if there was right? so much momentum, you know, and we're talking about baseball, baseball is cooking again, bringing all that momentum from the spring into the summer. I think there's a lot of things that have to go right for spring ball. And then to have a successful fall for football is like, you know, like you, you have to stay healthy. Number one, you have to get the right commits at the right time. Number two, you have to stay consistent across the board uh, with not half-assing, apparently. I don't want an to issue it. I didn't understand Texas State had. I don't want to jinx it, but it's funny how healthy Texas State comes out of the summers. For as much stuff as there's to do in Austin and San Marcos, and just, it's funny that we always come out of the summer okay, which is, I think, a testament to Withers and Spavadol. Because there wasn't anything like crazy happening. There wasn't like a, hey, did you hear this guy got busted for this? Or, hey, did you see this guy twist his ankle at the river? Like, there wasn't any of that, which is really good. Like, that's a that's a really good thing. It always happened during the season. We'd have the injury bug. You you know, you don't want the injury bug ever. But it's funny that we don't get it during the summer. Yeah. Well, yeah. Testament to those guys, I guess. So I guess you know we're talking about the impact of the transfer portal. We're talking about all these commits. We're talking about all these transfers. Is there a bubble to this whole portal deal? Is there like like what's the reason? I guess uh, Carson Kaiser would come over here. Like what's the reason? You know any of these uh, guys who were kind of like also rounds at another school 
would go to Texas State uh, either for like a different look for the offense or defense or like what what's the real issue or I get not even issue like specific thing. Why? Why do you think we're getting these commits? Is that the question? Yeah, well, I, think like, a, I, think... I guess like an over influx in some parts and then like maybe like um, I guess Texas State just shoring up more insurance basically. I think it's two part. I think part one is the fact that GGA is a new coach. I think that he had and, and also a new coach staff. I think there's some guys on the staff that being the offensive coordinator or the running back coach at UIW versus being the offensive coach at a power, not a power five, but like a, a Sunbelt school. I think that the Sunbelt in some circles in like, we'll call them normie circles is kind of underrated, right? Like if the guy that just watches college game day and watches the best game of the night, like the game of the week, like that guy doesn't know how good the Sunbelt is, but guys who play college football guys that know, no ball, know the Sunbelt's really, really good. And I think that you get some of these guys from different schools, whether it be group of five schools or a backup and power five school. And they look at Texas state and they go, I like that campus. I like that area. I like this coach and they haven't won anything. So that means when we do win something, we're going to get other looks. And, you know, some of these guys might be one or two year guys that have another year of eligibility and they go, all right, I'll be at Texas state for a year, two years, and then I'll be a grad transfer and go to a power five school and potentially maybe play for a title. You know, um, I, I think that's kind of where it's at right now. The Texas state could be kind of hopefully a middle ground where you're the best player or on one of the best defenses in the conference, you win the conference. And then all of a sudden you're playing at Clemson or, a&M or Alabama or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that that's kind of where Texas State could be. We don't see that happen a lot, though, in the group of five. There's not a lot of guys who are at Troy or SMU or um, uh, Southern Miss who are really good, and then they go, okay, well, I'm going to go play for Texas or I'm going to go play for what, somewhere else, Oklahoma. Like, you don't see that a lot. I think Texas State could be kind of a factory for that, hopefully. Yeah. Well, I guess coming from this region specifically, too, it's like now UTSA is kind of like that power vacuum. People are, you know, players, coaches. Poor but Jeff Trailer was the grand marshal for the one of the big fiesta parades over here. Who, Same who day, cares? one of his big wide receivers announced he was going in the portal. Who the fuck cares? Like, I, who cares? I mean, if you're not in San Antonio. It's just Antonio, a lot to watch, I guess. You know, if like, you're it, not it, in San Antonio, fiesta is just like another day. Is it? You know? No, it totally ruins traffic. You will know it's. Fiesta. That's what I'm saying. If you're not in San Antonio, it's just another day. Oh, if you're like, not there, yeah. yeah. So I mean, like Jeff Trailer being on a, a Fiesta float. I love Fiesta. Don't get me wrong, but like, I don't. What Fiesta is it like? Seventy five percent of the population in Texas lives in San Antonio, Dallas, Austin, or uh, what's the other one? Whatever. I imagine. I imagine Fort Worth, Houston. There you go, Houston. Yeah. No, I already said Dallas. That's like DFW Metroplex. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I don't think UTSA is getting these uh, prospects, though, are they? Are they getting these commits? No, well, that's kind of what I wanted to say, too. I think when your program is trending positively, you're going to get some of these guys who are like a net positive, like like fringe positives, you know? Like maybe they're not going to make a direct impact on the field, but like you were saying, they have a lot of experience and they have like a lot of, you know, good qualities. And maybe just in a bad situation, they want to get out of it. And you get to come to Texas State, float on the river, work out, hang out with your boys, and maybe get a ring. I'm telling. Well, knock on wood. That would be that would be really nice. Um, I I think that Texas State underrated the athletic facilities. Not great. Like good, not great. The rec center. You're an alum of that. Mm -hmm. 
not bad. And some of the football guys and athletes just in general go over there to work out, and it's not bad facilities, all things considered. Jalen Seed, he was going through that whole Danny Casper stuff, he would just work out at the reg, and I would see him just piece up guys on the court. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that's kind of where I'm at, too, with it. Like, I think that the the athletic facilities at Texas, Texas State could be better. I think Don is doing a pretty good job of kind of setting up a game plan of, like, how to make them better. Student Rex facilities are not bad. Things are okay. So I, I, I think that, yeah, maybe there is something to be said for that, that my a guy comes will, here. My, my dad will tell you, though, it wasn't always like that. Uh, one of the – there used to be, I think, two gyms or something. Maybe an old alum can correct me on Twitter or something. But uh, there used to be a gym in Jackson Hall, bottom floor, I guess, where the washing room is now, and then uh, separately somewhere else on campus. I couldn't tell you where. But, yeah, it's come a long ways away. When they built that whole West Side expansion for Texas State, it's like – leagues away from everything else it's just like texas state has all this land perfect yeah keep signing checks yep jowers has a jowers has a couple of basketball Jowers has a too. gym yeah you know. so yeah i mean things aren't bad i i i continue to say things are pretty good yeah well things are so good i think you were talking about the sunbelt right like the sunbelt looking pretty good right now it's looking pretty polished uh, we're talking about Sunbelt looks really freaking good. Nine looks really former players in the Sunbelt, like nine standouts, I guess, from Sunbelt um, in this draft class. So pretty good. Not too bad. Yeah, I, I would say. And, you know, the NFL draft is kind of hard to gauge. You know, the NFL, if you're good, they'll find you. That's the, the old adage. Uh, the Sunbelt Conference consistently has been putting guys in the league. Um, and even if not, and you know, getting drafted – is probably the highlight of your life if you're a college football player. It doesn't get better than that for a lot of these guys. Don't tell your going wife. Un- going undrafted and getting signed and making it to a team, I think is even more incredible. Like the journey there is just so, so cool. Aaron Brewer is the one that comes to mind with the Tennessee Titans, where he was really good at Texas State. He was really good for the Sun Belt. We kind of didn't know what the deal was. Um, we were hearing whispers, oh, he might get drafted, oh, he might not, oh, he might sign somewhere. He signs with Tennessee, and now, I mean, like, dude, it's been like three, four years almost that he's been, like, a consistent guy. So, I mean, like, I, I love those stories. And the and Mayo, man. Bunch... David yeah, Mayo. David Mayo is another one. Um, where it's like the Sunbelt consistently has guys who go to the Sun or go to the NFL and can make an impact either on a practice team or a guy that can get a couple reps in a in a game. And, uh, you know, I got to mention my guy, Tyler Bass, uh, one of the best kickers in the NFL right now for the Buffalo Bills. That kid from day one has been lights out. Kicking in the NFL is not an easy gig. And uh, he has been in big moments. And uh, that's why I'm a Buffalo Bills guy. That's why I root for them to go win a Super Bowl, because I want my boy Tyler Bass to win a ring. Bastard. Georgia Southern alum. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's cool. The journeyman aspect too is kind of sick. That's always kind of the the thing too. We talked talk to Brian London. You know, he was kind of like one of those guys that was like, "Oh, UDFA," or he could go late. You know, we don't know. And sucks that he was going through all that during COVID because he would have had such a different look. Uh, because now Texas State has like uh, two, three players actually going to the league, uh, headed to different practices and camps and other stuff. That's uh, London Harris, Nelson Bansor, and Levi Bell. Levi Bell was the one that I think most of us were thinking was going to have a shot. Uh, where did he sign? He signed to the Ravens. 
Ravens have a very good program. They have a very good team. I, I don't know. On his Twitter, it says USFL question mark NFL. Okay, so I don't well, know. maybe he's making up his mind. But they signed pro, to like this agency. Football. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I wish him nothing but the best. I like it when Bobcats are in the league. Bobcats in the NBA era, MLB too. That's one that people don't talk enough about. We've got a lot of guys who go to the uh, MLB and doing some pretty cool stuff. Not only Goldschmidt, but there's a couple pitchers too. Yeah, Tristan's in the like the system for the White Sox right now. Tristan Stivers, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, big Stivers. Bet closer of the year last year, so yeah, that's why when people are like, "Oh my God, what's going on with the baseball team?" Well, you lost one of the best pitchers literally in the country, so. <laughs> <laughs> What the hell did you expect? Hey man, I didn't realize when out. you were when you were talking about quarterbacks. I didn't realize we really just had to basically open up shop, like start at new, basically. You know, so that's why they signed six quarterbacks. That's why right? they, they have five guys, they have Derek man. Mata. He threw the last uh, quarterback in the thing. So that's the other quarterback that was even before Carson Kaiser signed, and PJ Hatter's coming in the summer. It's a lot of there's a lot of guys. Yeah, and I hate to when when some of those guys leave. In inevitably, like at the end of next season, I do want to like just say a thank you for coming. Uh, we enjoyed your presence. We enjoyed having you around. I will hook my wagon to whoever is the best one, because um, I am a uh, I'm a, a slimy individual. Uh, but I wish all of you the best. May you know the odds nice? ever be in your favor. What What's nice is that the Texas State saying that we have once a bobcat. You know, it's like hey, no hard feelings. Ain't no hard. <laughs> Well, there's a lot of people who come to Texas State, have a couple good years, leave, hang out, come back, and we go, hey, you're 35, getting that undergrad, good luck. You know, once a Bobcat, put on a, a UT shirt after that, you know? Mm, yeah. Because you came to Texas State two years, you know, you're kind of just hanging out the river, getting drunk, <laughs> and then you go back and you're like, birds up, baby. It's like, hey, screw you, man. What the hell is that? Nah, no, 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 no. I like it. I like it. It's a Texas State experience, you know? Yeah, I came for two years, had a lot of good times on the river, a couple of good times on the square. and Biggest Aggie guy you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Tough stuff. I was named after the field. Really? Yeah. <laughs> cool. So we were talking about the amount of people who um, who go to the pros. That was the, or not, who were transferring out. That was the question, right? Mm-hmm. To put that in perspective on a national level, basically. Yeah. So uh, assume 120 total players per FBS roster on average. Okay. Then in the 2023-2022-23 season, around 20% of all FBS players transferred this offseason. About 20% of all FBS players transferred uh, this offseason. That would be roughly, we're looking at around 3,200 players entered the transfer portal over the past uh, few months. A lot of guys. This is the end of the 22-23 season. 3,200 guys. And I think about half of them came from the University of Colorado. So it's uh, it's been rough. It's been rough for some programs. Not for Texas, like I said, not for Texas State, which is good. I like I like uh, us not having those transfer issues. The other thing is too, I'm very pro transfer portal, Jacob. I don't know if I've told you this before. I'm very pro if you don't like it, leave. Um, I I think that many 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 managers probably don't like that. I think a lot of head coaches aren't super big fans of the transfer portal. Uh, in that regard, where guys who get yelled at once in practice might want to dip. But all things being equal, 
I think that if you were not having a fun time, you should not do that thing anymore. I think that if you don't enjoy where you're at, you should leave. So. Shout out to Sean Diddy Combs, who punched his coach or his son's coach. <laughs> Congratulations on your son. I see you posted a picture, what, two days ago that he yes. back to playing football? Yes. So, are you allowed to go to practices and stuff, or are you just going to no, away? No, I'm not. As I, as I know right now, I'm you not allowed. Talk, you, can't, you can't talk about that situation. <laughs> you cannot you can't talk, talk about, about that situation. <laughs> <laughs> you see him almost, he almost reached for him. I'm going to slap you with something. He's changing. You see, he's changing. The whole video might have did it. He's changing. Let me sip my aqua hydrate. Woosa, new Diddy. Well, I was going to, yeah, right. I was going to say shout out to, uh, I don't know. Shout out to Sean P. Diddy, man. Good good for him. Stuff, stuff. I, I don't know. What the, his Met Gala Luke is Jon Snow. <laughs> yeah, it was a, Sean. Sean, what are you doing, bud? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's tough. Tough stuff. <laughs> no, that's a crazy, I guess, stat to, to put in perspective all this transfer portal stuff. It's like, well, yeah, people are going to transfer. It's not like you don't just go to college when you're a student athlete, you know? Which is tough. So I was that arguing with uh, I was arguing with friend of the podcast Colton today on Twitter, really? which is something I try not to ever do. I haven't seen this exchange. I try I try not to interact and and get into arguments. But they put out officially the twenty. Hey, Carson season. Kaiser followed us back. Breaking news. <laughs> Here's the deal. Colton was talking about the uh, the expanded playoffs, which is going to help group of five schools. I'm hoping that uh, Texas State and the Sun Belt in general get a chance to participate in the college football playoffs. Now the problem is, is now the college football season is 17 weeks because uh, it's four rounds for the championship plus a conference championship potentially. So that'd be five extra weeks. If you win your conference, right. you play in your conference championship game. That is a I just, long, I just found this thread of you guys. That is a long, that is a long season. And when you say college athletes are not like just students, I like them to go to class at some point. You know, I like having my guy Brady McBride sit in front of me in my pop culture studies class. I like having the uh, students actually be student athletes. A 17 week season is a long season. So I, uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm happy that we're expanding the playoffs. I'm not so thrilled that uh, it's a 17 week season, all things considered, especially. And again, you know, Dave Campbell's got a shout out high school football here. Uh, High school football in Texas is insanely long, too. It's like a 16-week season. So there's a potential here if you're a senior. A senior in high school, you can play a 16-week season your senior year and then have to play a 17-week season your freshman year. Now, granted, not a lot of freshmen starting on Power 5 teams, and those probably be the teams that are probably competing for a title. But damn, brother, that's a lot of games. That's or a if ton you're, of games. If you're Arch play. Manning, you know, you go from your hoity-toity school that won a championship straight to UT. You graduate which in is, spring, well, which is becoming more common now than than not. Is guys graduating is. Is. in in December rather than mm -hmm. you know the May or whatever. Famously, famously, I uh, got to shout out my guy Quentin Dormady from the Bernie High, Bernie High School. He played his senior season at Bernie High School. I think they got knocked down like the second or third round. He said, "Deuces got his whatever GPD or whatever uh, online graduated <laughs> <Gross> domestic product. <laughs> graduated high school uh, a couple yeah. months early and was on the University of Tennessee campus as like a as a eighteen year old, seventeen year old, and famously won hottest girlfriend in the SEC. Wow, really? So yeah, he, have he to was look a, that one up. He was a backup for most of his career. I think he played a couple games for a CFL uh, like team." 
Not a very good college quarterback. Uh, University of Tennessee fans absolutely hate that guy, but he is a legend in the frat house. He's a legend uh, with guys who have podcast mics. Shout out Quentin Dormady. Ban- uh, Bandera. <laughs> no, Bernie. Bernie. He Bernie? beat the My absolute bad. dog shit out of us. Um, yeah, but... The Bernie know, Greyhounds? Yeah, game respect game. Uh, we have a couple Bernie Greyhounds on the baseball team now, too, so... Bernie is a really, Bernie's a really good, really, really, really good athletic program. I, I think, think they, they went do to athletics state like twice. I think they do athletics, football, and baseball better than probably anybody else in the Hill Country for that size. I think they're incredible. So I'm, I'm a big, big Bernie Greyhound fan, even though that they are the uh, rival of Te- or of uh, Bandera. They uh, canceled school this year because Bernie went to state or something too. They're really good. Yeah, I was rooting against across them sports. <laughs> yeah, I was rooting against them in in football because I was like, I don't want them to win state. They didn't. They came in second, but it was nice. It was nice for them to get there. Well, now as you've aged, you know, I'm sure it's like, oh, anybody from that area of the state, you know, I'm rocking. I, with I, here's the thing. You still I, have like some. A, you still uh, have some <laughs> was a school that beat the dog piss out of us. Bernie beat us all the time. Liberty Hill, I thought, was going to kill me on the football field. I just, I, that was one of those games you left and you were just like your head's pounding. Um, CTE. Yeah, those were tough. Yeah, those were, and you know, that, those were tough. I really do believe that my personality changed due to high school football. <laughs> well, friend of the shout, podcast, out, shout out high school football, man. Friend of the podcast, Colton McWilliams, thinks he's safe by coming on here a couple times, you know? <laughs> Oh, similar to the fact. Also, the fact that UGA and Bama would both be undefeated in a single game season, or you know, single season. I, I, a lot of things got to go right for both programs. Here's the thing: like, it's you know, he's talking like, oh, the team with the better record would host the SEC title game or whatever. I don't want. I, I I'll be honest here, because the Sun Belt does this now. Is that the team with the better record hosts the Sun Belt championship game? I hate that. I wish that we had a neutral site. I wish we could find a neutral site. Everybody seems to like Pensacola, so let's go down there. They don't have a stadium down in Pensacola, Florida. Make that the capital of Sun. The Belt home sports. of the Sun Belt, yeah. The home of the Sun Belt, Pensacola, Florida. Even though we don't have a school there. Abs- yeah, exactly. It's insane. I guess even regionally, what's the closest school to that? Uh, Georgia Southern. Hmm, okay. Statesboro. Maybe McLean Baxley. I think Statesboro. It might. Uh, it might be Georgia State. Because it would be Atlanta? In Atlanta. Yeah. I don't know my geography of the state of Georgia. Forgive me. I don't know my geography, period. Uh, my geography teacher in high school, high school football coach also, uh, put on the Amazing Race, and that's what we did. <laughs> that's tough. That's tough. What's your, which hand's your left hand, Jacob, and which hand's your right hand? L for loser. It makes an L. <laughs> and the right one, you can't do that. So that's how you always know. Okay. See, and that's what you learned from your geography class. Yeah, you learn a lot of practical skills in uh, high school geography. I guess that basically wraps up. That's put. That's us putting a bow on football for now. I'm sure there's going to be commits. There's commits out of our wazoo. Uh, right now, hashtag Take Back Texas is on the road. And included in that new graphic that our boy Alex is pumping out is a train. So shout out public transportation. Shout out trains. Shout out trains. Trains, planes, and automobiles. <laughs> Good stuff. Shout out Alex. He texted me about uh, the Vikings draft picks. I didn't get like, to you... see him on the field. I was sad. I, t- I tweeted at him. He was like, where are you? And I was like, I'm not going down there. It's so hot. And then I finally ended up going down like, uh, I guess, right before Derek Mata threw a touchdown, you know, and then everybody was like, that was at the spring game, right? 
We got so many question marks now for quarterback. I did not see any photos of you with uh, the fans of the podcast, so I'm kind of disappointed in that. There's one I retweeted on our pod with our boy Creme Brulee. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. That's the one. Brandon, I think that's his name. Or Brian. I can Brandon? promise you, I promise you, Bobcat fans, when I make it back down there, whenever that is, we will have photo sessions. It'll never, you'll never not get to take a photo with the press. I will be available. I'm not scared of the heat like some people are. <laughs> I wasn't afraid of the heat. Oh, too hot. It's too hot. I don't want to. I want to stay I in the press just box. been on the field taking pictures. Yeah, in that you should have been. But I was so like, I got to dial in. Like, I got to see the quarterbacks. I got to. I literally had the broadcast in my ear while I'm watching the game live. And I'm in the press box alongside You're not Colton. special. You're not special. We all do that. Do you? The sports journal. We're teaching you sports journalism as you grow, Jacob. I'm very glad that you're now like in this like life with the rest of us. Well, because like, in, in college, I would just get up there, watch the game and write about it. Easy. I'll tell you. Well, yeah, you're missing out there. My process has changed. So, okay, Jacob, here's the deal. Like, I listen to the broadcast when I'm like doing the sports journalism thing because sometimes Brant will say something that's interesting. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, he'll give me a tidbit. So, yeah, I encourage everybody to listen to the radio, listen to Clint. Join to the game with your headphones. (laughs) Yeah, no, seriously, go to the game with the headphones and listen to what they have to say because sometimes they'll have somebody that's interesting. Sometimes they'll have a guest or. You know, they'll they'll tell you something that you didn't know. And it's a it's a good way. And you can slip that into article. I personally never did because I was lazy and uh, I'm not a good journalist like you are. I guess um, that's why my, my process is changing a little bit because I was forced to become a sports journalist. You famously at the university started, we needed a, a sports editor. Put them put the sports in the bag. Put the, Put the sports, sports in, the, in bag. the bag, Jacob. You stupid ass. Yeah, yeah and I, I was guess. just the odd man out, you know, looking for an editor seat. And they were like, hey, do you want to be a sports editor? And I was like, well, I like sports a lot, so why not? And so yeah. that's kind of how I ended up as a sports editor. And then we changed that shit up, buddy. Turns out I was exactly what that section needed. So shout out, mm-hmm. Carrington. But yeah, that's why my my I think my process has changed so much. Because I used to just go into the press box with a notebook, handful of questions, you know develop some more questions in show right quarter by quarter. Okay. This is like a very pivotal moment. We ran on our own too. Yeah. Got to ask about that. You know? Yeah. Shout out to Kirk Bowles and Cedric Golden. Cause those are the two of the best sports journalists around. They're in not many of them anymore. I got to talk to those guys. They're great legends. And uh, they, they kind of helped me learn what it was to be like a quote sports journalist. Now I'm, I would to use the word journalist to describe me would be too kind. To, to my career uh i'm now an a, a opinionist we talk about the the quarterback room a lot right now the media room at texas state is kef when now get bent crew with the producer zach webb uh me and oh, colton mcwilliams free, free plug <laughs> <laughs> well, i mean that's just like that's four basically make up the the heart and soul of the media every once in a while you have the austin guys come down that's like for they cover uh, honestly texas state a lot more now than they used to you're uh, welcome. Tides, they are a changing. Uh, you're welcome. I, I was able to convince our friends in Austin to come visit us more. I said, please, please. You're like, wow, rent's getting really expensive. I live in Buda now. <laughs> Might as well go shoot Texas State practice. Please. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It's like, hey, can you go down to that practice? Well, it's 15 minutes away. Hey, you live in Kyle, away. right? Because <laughs> you work Pretty in much. South Austin. <laughs> Pretty much. Did I ever tell you about the time I went to uh, the Austin American Statesman to learn about sports betting? Really? 
Yeah, so I went, and it was an AP-hosted event, and it was at wherever they have their um, – yeah, it's wherever the newspaper is now. I don't forget where, where it was. Um, but I went into their like place, and it was really cool, and I saw Cedric, and it was me and a bunch of old sports guys – from like local papers and it was about like writing about gambling. And it was really cool. I was the youngest guy there. I was the only person who understood what a parlay was. So big win for me. The Love pendulum that. of media swinging them. It's know. like now it's like newspapers are kind of very changed. A lot of them are shutting down or shuttering their doors completely. Um, and so now it's like TV is kind of like the last bastion of like true, like, uh, like legacy media, you know? And now it's like guys like us in the booth. <laughs> You forgot one for the legacy media, dickhead. Oh, oh, my bad. <laughs> it's just the janitor coming to clean you guys up. Yeah, it's fine. Oh, you're still in the room. My bad. Fine. <laughs> On air. What does that mean? Let me walk into this door. <laughs> the little red lights on. Guess that means come in. Disgusting. You you hurt me in ways no one else could hurt me. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> Squaring around on the Republic of Football Podcasting Network. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. New episodes out every Thursday. Follow the boys on Twitter. Eat them up. Eat them up. Eat em up.